Hey y'all, welcome back to the Mountain Man Podcast. It's been a few months since we last spoke, and a hunting season, and another Appalachian winter has passed, and we're going to catch up on all types of things. Let's jump right into hunting season though, because I just got to get some stuff off my chest. The last time that we spoke, we were talking about herd management, and I was really excited for the hunting season. I'd been tracking, you know, two of the local herds that run through my property where I live, uh... As you guys know, we had seen multiple bucks. We shared pictures on Twitter, at Mountain Man Pod, of some really nice deer that had been coming to my yard that the fall prior, when we spoke, um, we didn't see. You know, we didn't see any deer at all. It was just bears. Bears all the time. So, you know, to see a bunch of deer on my camera before hunting season, I was really excited. If you guys go back and listen to episode 32, Herd Management, you would know that, you know, I was just really excited for hunting season. I'd seen all these deer. It was going to be a good year. And so we get in the hunting season uh, as one of my hunting dogs starts running around the house. Uh, I'm, I'm excited, right? I go out. I don't have a bow. And that might be a problem. I mean, we might have to talk about this later, but maybe the problem is that I don't have a bow of any kind. So I completely miss bow season. I don't have a crossbow. I don't have a compound bow. I don't have anything. If anyone has any suggestions or, I don't know, hand-me-downs, please, please holla at your boy because I need a bow because I miss bow season. And in Virginia, like, bow season's a big deal. Like, a lot of the good bucks go in bow season. Not all of them. Not all of them. Plenty of them can wait till firearm season, but in general. Anyway, I don't have a bow. So I did, though, for the first time this year in my life, I went out for muzzleloader season for black powder. I, I typically, I've never had one in my life. My dad had one when I was younger, and he never really used it or anything like that. But I acquired a muzzleloader to use for muzzleloader season this year or this past season and um right off the bat i had issues it's it's a new england uh it reminded me a lot of a new england single shot 20 gauge that i have um same type of mechanics maggie honey i'm recording a podcast baby i can't play fetch right now i'm sorry no lay down Thank you. Sorry, guys. I don't feel like editing, so we're just going to leave all the crap in the podcast today. It's probably just the streamer in me. I've been streaming so much. I'm used to just keeping the show rolling, but you guys get the raw, unfiltered Delph whenever you want it. Maggie, please go on. So anyway, I get this new muzzleloader. It's a New England muzzleloader. It reminds me of my single shot. Uh, The barrel breaks down. Put in your, uh, your cap. And boom, right? Problem is, today's modern primers, I guess would be the official term for these, uh, the primers, they don't fit this muzzleloader that I have. So if you guys are unfamiliar with the muzzleloader, there's a few, there's a couple different kinds. The one that I have, it, it breaks down like a single shot shotgun. A single shot shotgun, the barrel has a hinge on it, it opens up, and you can put the shell into the back of the barrel and then you slide it back down and it locks in front of the hammer. When you pull the trigger, the hammer hits a pin that creates you know, kind of a spark and explosion that ignites the gunpowder that fires the projectiles out of the barrel. So in a muzzleloader, it's kind of like the traditional way 
of doing that um you're basically making like your own ammunition your own bullet okay so think like guys that were fighting <laughs> back in like the 1700s with the musket so with the muzzle loader what you do is you load powder down into the barrel of your rifle from the top you load powder down in there um a lot of times these days you can get like pre-made capsules of black powder which are pretty convenient you've got to be really careful though y'all you can't touch these with with your finger really with anything if you get any type of moisture uh oil from your hands even if your hands feel dry there's still enough oil on them to get put on the other substances to just stop an ignition and what we're about to hear later on in the story, remember that, because I think that that had something to do with what we're going to hear about later. Your, your gunpowder won't ignite if it's got any type of moisture on it, so you can be very careful. You put it in there. Then, uh, typically a 50 caliber bullet that you're going to put down on top of that, and you're going to take this ramrod that comes with your gun. Man, if you guys could see me right now, I look like I'm... <laughs> Never mind. We're trying to keep this podcast a little bit cleaner. I'm just going to save that joke. Uh, we took the ramrod and you you shoved the bullet down on top of the powder all the way down to the bottom. You want to ram it all the way down into the bottom as far as it will go uh, so that you can uh, load the gun. Then after you do that, you're going to take the uh, primer. I would like to apologize for the interruption and for any squeaking that you heard. The squeaky ball has been <laughs> hidden from the puppy. So now we can go back to talking about muzzle loaders. So you take this primer. So after you shove everything down the barrel, in the back end, you stick a primer uh, in this little hole in front of where the hammer would go. And basically what's going to happen is your hammer, when you pull the trigger, is going to come up and it's going to hit that primer. It's going to hit a pin that's going to poke the primer. It's going to set ignition. It's like a percussion cap, like a, a pop, a little explosion to ignite the powder. And then the big boom comes and it shoots the bullet right um so the thing is i didn't have a lot of experience with the muzzle loader and by the time with my muzzle loader i realized after i'd gotten everything i needed that the typical primer didn't fit my model of the new england uh the new england takes a special a different type that they don't make anymore and there's like a con conversion piece so i had to go to this other gun shop to find this uh, <laughs> this gun shop who I would love to get to sponsor the podcast or Shenandoah shine one day, um, is located in Shenandoah, Virginia, Steve's gun and archery store or shop. One of the two, uh, my man, Steve runs a normal job during the day and in the evenings, he's got a full on shop in his backyard. He's licensed everything. He's le it's a legit, it's a legitimate business, but the location's hilarious. It's literally in his backyard in a neighborhood you know and the cool thing about small towns is the zoning <laughs> can sometimes just do whatever you want depending on where you live but it's this really cool place uh he's got so much stuff inside it's very tight fit uh it's tough to walk past another customer in the aisles i mean there's so much stuff in here uh you can find anything you need if you're a sportsman uh in appalachia you know whitetail black bear turkey coyote all the stuff that we got going on around here, he's got it all. He's got everything, and and it's a paradise for a lot of local hunters. They'll go up there in the evenings and talk to each other and hang out in the store. And man, the Friday evening before opening day was awesome. So everyone's in there getting ready for for muzzle loader, 
and I finally find the pieces I need on Friday night. Saturday morning's opening day. So I come home. I still have not fired <laughs> this new muzzle loader that I've acquired. I still have not fired it before. So I'm going out to hunt on opening day, never firing this specific muzzle loader. I know how it works. I know how to use a muzzle loader. I know how to load it. I do all that, but whatever. So I go out in the woods on opening day and um, within 15 minutes of sitting on my chair, I hear a deer come walking up behind me where I can't see. Uh, my deer box leaves a lot to be desired. It's it's a blind. I call it a box. It's I build a w- wood box in the middle of the woods. It's honestly I built it in a really bad spot. Total waste of money to build this there. It's in the ground on posts. I mean, just a massive mistake. Uh, I did not put it in a good place to have good shooting lanes that the way deer move through the woods. But anyway, um, here comes this deer walking up, and I'm like, oh crap! It's like six thirty, uh, um, barely shooting light, and I. I wait to peek out because I know he's walking up right behind me on the side where I can't see. I only have three windows in this blind and then a very low door on the other side. And um, so I'm, I hear him coming up and I peek out and it's like a spike. It's a, it's an older spike, pretty tall, you know, pretty, pretty tall spike. Um, and he doesn't notice me, doesn't smell me, just keeps on walking does his business, walks around, real pretty deer, really tall, definitely one that we want to let grow, right? That herd management. Um, I didn't exactly recognize him though. And so, you know, it, it was nice to see yet another buck come by. So we watched him go on and uh, the rest of the morning was pretty quiet. I had out a bit early. I was pretty cold. And I thought after he was gone that I probably wasn't going to see much else, you know. Um, while he walked by, another one probably walked by hidden or something. Uh, after I got back up to the house and was sitting in the backyard, hanging out on the porch, just enjoying the beautiful Appalachian weather, a uh, doe comes walking through the woods that I could see. Uh, she was real small. We saw her all throughout the season. So she was walking on through there, and it was nice. But overall, opening day was pretty quiet. Um, I go out every evening eventually. Finally, Wednesday evening, or Tuesday evening, there's this like four point or six point. I can't really tell. It comes in really at dark and he's just coming around. I saw him on Monday morning as well. And he's just coming by. We've seen him on our cameras and he keeps coming by and hanging out. And then he comes by the next day and then finally comes by the next day. And I'm like texting my friends and sending them Snapchats. Cause every time he comes in, I just watch him for half an hour. He doesn't leave. Uh, I send him Snapchats. I'm like, look, man, today's the day. Like, do I go for this guy? Do I let him grow? Like, I don't want to be like, what do I do? And y'all know, like I've talked about it. I'm not a greedy hunter at all. I'm not a rack chaser. I like meat. That's all I want. Um, the biggest buck I've ever killed is literally, I think a four pointer, maybe huge deer. That's all I care about. It's a huge deer. I want the food. Um, so this deer is literally going to be the biggest deer that I've ever killed anyway. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, why am I going to sit here and Oh, herd man- you can herd management yourself into oblivion. And I think we mentioned that, like you, you can, you can overdo it. And so I'm just thinking like, don't get too greedy. You'll never see anyone else. So I finally decided that I'm going to make an attempt to harvest this deer. I pull the trigger on the muzzle loader and, uh, the percussion cap pop goes off. Right. Usually as soon as that happens, there might just be a slight delay. The gunpowder is supposed to ignite and the gun fires. Nothing happens. Just that pop. That's it. The powder doesn't ignite. 
The gun doesn't fire. The deer's still standing there. He's still alive. He's just staring. He doesn't move. I'm like, dude, why is this guy not moving? <laughs> what? Like, I didn't scare you? He doesn't move. I'm panicking. What do I do? Why did my gun why did my muzzle litter fire? Uh, do I even try to look down <laughs> not look down the barrel, but do I try to like push and mess with it to get it to fire? Do I just aim it away and hold it? Is there still a possible ignition now a minute, two minutes later? What do I do? I don't know. The deer's still not moving. He's still there. I'm like, okay, this guy's still here. And um, I'm like, okay. So I wait a little bit longer. I panic. I finally just like take my ramrod. I shove the powder way down in there as far as I can thinking, okay, maybe the powder wasn't close enough for the ignition to hit it. I'm like sitting on the ramrod trying to get it down there. And I put in a new primer, get up the gun. I get a shot on the deer again. I shoot, pop, percussion cap goes off. Still, a couple seconds go by, no ignition. The gun doesn't fire. I'm like, what the fuck? I take the gun off my shoulder, boom, that bitch goes off. <laughs> that bitch pops off, goes flying back into my collarbone, cracks the shit out of me, dude. That shit fucking hurt. Shoots into the fucking ground right in front of me. The deer fucking takes off running. I didn't shoot at him at all because I wasn't aiming at him anymore because I thought the gun was fucking up again. One of the dumbest, like, just stupidest times I've ever felt in the woods, man. I felt I was so depressed after that. Like, I'm not even going to bullshit with y'all. My mental health, hunting-wise, after that was so shit. I didn't hunt for, like, two weeks. I was so upset with myself. I literally, and this goes against so many, so many, um like virtues that I hold that like, I was like, I literally like just screamed in the woods. I was just like, fuck, like my wife heard me, <laughs> right? My wife was home. It just got home from work. I just picked up the kids from grandma's and gets home and hears me shooting and was like, what's going on? Did he get a deer? Hears me screaming, comes running out in the woods. She's like, what? And I told her and she's like, damn. And I'm like, damn, I'm a fucking, like, I was pissed, man. I was so pissed. And I don't even know if it was my fault, if it's the gun. I still can never get the gun to shoot right. Even later, uh, just, at, like, not hunting, just in the backyard trying to use it. I still can't get it to work right. So I don't really even know if it was me. But, man, I sure felt like it. You know? And, and um, I don't know. It, it was just really frustrating. And and so that, that ended muzzleloader season for me. I didn't go back out until it was firearm season. And firearm season, the deer just weren't really moving like I wanted them to. There were quite a few mornings and evenings where I heard what I think was a big buck. Um, one of the ones that we saw on camera, there was a seven-pointer. I'm pretty sure it was him. I saw his, his weird rack a couple times. But he he stayed hidden. He did not let me see him. He never let me even think about shooting him. He usually just made me guess that he was there. Uh, never showed himself. Stayed very hidden. And so overall, you know, it was just... It was a really frustrating hunting season, whitetail wise. I can't bullshit with y'all. I was hoping I'd be on here recording podcasts about how great hunting was going, and the reality was, um, it was awful. It, it was really bad. I had a very unsuccessful, just a very dismal hunting season, to be honest, and uh, it really bummed me out. And it made me want to ask y'all, you know, and, and talk to y'all, you know. Does anyone else just have a bad hunting time, a bad week, a bad stretch, a bad slump, a bad season? 
where they just really get frustrated with hunting and 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 what do I do about it you know because hunting to me and being out in the woods and being in the mountains is so therapeutic uh it's it's one of my favorite things in the world it's it's why I am who I am it's why I live where I live it's why I have this podcast it's why I started the brand I started it's just it, in my personal opinion it's one of the best places on earth and I know that there's a lot of other opinions out there and I think they're probably all valid too I'm not going to hate on any of them, but for me personally, I would argue with anyone that Appalachia is one of the best places on earth for your soul. I swear by it. I swear by it. There's nothing like sitting out in these woods by myself and just taking everything in and and doing my thing. It's it's so beautiful. I can't explain it to y'all. You have to experience it. And it's not just hunting. It doesn't just come by hunting. It comes by hiking comes by just normal walks. It comes by doing woodwork out there, uh, firewood, timber, whatever, whatever you're doing, just being outside. It's all, it's not just a hunting or fishing or kayaking thing. It's hiking. It's everything. It's everything. And it's just wonderful. And it really bothered me this hunting season that I got so bummed out and frustrated by hunting because that's supposed to be something that is awesome for me. You know what I'm saying? And and that was that was tough. That was really tough. And I don't know if anyone else has gone through that. If you have, I'm here to tell you that I have too, so you're not by yourself, but hunting season just got really frustrating and I lost the joy this year. And I never ever ever want that to happen. I never ever ever want to lose the 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 shine, the spark that I have for hunting. I never want to lose the feeling that it gives me, the freedom. You know, we spend months and months and months getting so excited for hunting season. Anyway, it was just, it was a tough hunting season. Uh, It was definitely tough on me mentally, and I just really lost a lot of the joy of it, a lot of the fun of it. Um, And that was hard on me, and I'm really hoping that I can recover from that, uh, you know, I did see a lot of great things. There were a lot of positives this season that I do want to reflect on. Um, we saw a lot of deer in the woods. I saw a lot of movement. Um, a couple does that kept coming by. Same few of these small bucks just kept coming by. Not as many after the whole muzzleloader incident, but, you know, I saw a lot of deer, and that was nice. Um, it, mel- it made me feel good that they were coming up on me. It made me feel good about how I was sitting, how I was acting, like, you know, what I was doing to be in the right place at the right time that they were getting that close to me, that made me feel good. That built a lot of confidence for me. Um, you know, another thing kind of along the same lines is I saw a lot of turkeys. We got a flock around here. I've mentioned once or twice and um, they move around a lot. And to see them uh, knowing how skittish they are and to see them kind of walk right up on me and walk by, that made me feel really good as a hunter as well. Uh, just those turkeys doing their turkey shit. Um, no pun intended. So that was kind of fun. Those things are wild. Uh, you know, I haven't really seen any bears around here in a while other than the few on camera. Uh, they haven't been around. Coyotes I've been dealing with a lot of. I haven't gotten any down yet. Um, I did kind of transfer from deer hunting to, to coyote hunting. I, um, was like, all right, like we'll try something else. I got a call and, uh, you know, I need, I think, 
hunt in the daylight can work and you can definitely do it but nighttime is obviously the best so i need to get a new sight for a rifle that i want to use to coyote hunt with um so that i can go out at night and do it i think that'd be a lot of fun uh and honestly you know with with the kids with my kids and uh my wife's sister and her husband are moving in right across the road from us like their kids like you know we got kids around here and and animals and stuff like coyotes can especially in virginia um we used to have a bounty on them you know they can just really become a problem so really kind of want to deal with that if they're coming into my backyard we got beef straight up <laughs> coyote coming into my backyard we got beef so we got to deal with that um but yeah, I wish I had more hunting season updates for y'all, but it was just a, it was a really dismal season for me. Um, it wasn't a good one. I didn't even get to go down to, uh, to Charlie's to, to hunt down in Southern Virginia. You guys know I go there all the time to hunt and fish and to hang out. And I didn't even get to go down there this year. Um, you know, due to COVID and, and, uh, basically COVID, uh, quarantines that were happening right around the time of, uh, every time I was supposed to go, um, right when we were going to go around Thanksgiving, I either Charlie was in quarantine or someone that I was around was, and we couldn't get together. And then January, the day before I'm leaving to come hunt on the last weekend, maybe do some duck hunting. Charlie goes into quarantine again. So that was tough too. I mean, that really was uh, not even getting to go see him and enjoy it. Usually I go see him four or five weekends during, between October and January or February. So, uh, that kind of threw me off too. not having, not having that, that really sucked. I mean, I, I cannot lie. And, and so I think that contributed to just kind of how bummed I was about the whole, uh, the whole hunting season. And, you know, um, I was really just kind of looking for something to kind of pick me back up outside I haven't really found that. Maybe fishing will be fun. I don't know. I've been doing a lot of firewood, a lot of timber work. Uh, we're going solar, believe it or not. We're putting solar panels on our house. And so had a few trees I need to knock down around the house. I've knocked down a couple of the big oaks, but I've got a few more smaller trees I got to get down. Um, that are leaning kind of funky, so I need someone to come help me. But, you know, lots of firewood. And uh, it's just another thing that you can make some side cash on. I mean, we've talked about it on the Mountain Man podcast. You make some side cash. You need to find a way to make side cash all the time. Uh, and it's a nice little way to do it. Um, I also plan on using a lot of it. I'm trying to build a little room onto the house for me to have kind of an office and space to stream. And I also store a lot of Shannon to a Shine merch and stuff like that. And I want to put a wood stove in that room. Uh, one to kind of help on our electricity a little bit in the winter. If I want to heat some of the house, maybe use that. Uh, but just to kind of have a nice little wood stove, a way to use some of our firewood. Um, and yeah, just kind of natural heat. I think with everything that happened recently, um, February was a rough month, man. February winter was this year was, was tough. Uh, all across the country, uh, a lot of us got more snow than we've gotten in years. Um, a lot of folks getting hit by snow and ice that they rarely ever see. Like we saw in, in Texas and other places, um, like we've seen in Georgia and the Carolinas in the past. It was just, it was a rough February for a lot of people. Um, and it made me think, you know, to, we luckily, we were very blessed that we did not lose any power this year. Uh, even, 
we've been pretty lucky with that. So I would still like to have a uh, wood stove just to have that uh, heat resource if something like that ever happens. Um, as some of y'all know, and if not, we'll tell y'all, with a wood stove, you can cook on top of it as well, uh, which is really cool. Um, if you get the right one that maybe has a place for you to set a pan or two or a kettle. Uh, so that's nice too, to have a heat source that you can also cook with and get water or boil water with or whatever you need to do uh, and warm yourself without using electricity. It'd be nice to have that. Um, yeah, we're going solar, like I mentioned, and you would say, oh, if power lines go down, like you generate your own power. But if I, I don't have a, we don't have a battery to store right now. Um, I'd like to get one. They're pretty expensive as far as I understand. If anyone out there has a solar battery connect, holler at me. But from what I understand, Tesla uses most of the batteries and they're not like, they're hard to get right now. Maybe it's what's actually in the batteries. I don't know. Um, I'm not an expert. So if I just said anything wrong, I apologize. But anyway, I don't have a battery yet, uh, for the solar. I'd like to get it, but until then wood stove, I think is just, it would just be awesome. So we're gonna use a lot of the firewood for that. Maybe sell some other stuff. Uh, we did get a new chainsaw. You guys saw that on Twitter. We got ourselves a steel farm boss. It's fucking awesome. I love it, man. Nothing, man. What a mountain man thing to have. A steel farm boss. It's just quintessential. It's so nice. I've been up there tearing shit up. I've been going ham out there. Shardy upgrade from baloney, okay? Shout out to Roscoe Dash. Uh, it's just been crazy. And I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm definitely a, a timber man now. I'm not really a Paul Bunyan uh, per se, because I think you know that guy was was full of shit. I think he was all for show. You know, to be honest, I don't think he's like really a lumberjack. If we're being honest with each other, guys, like, come on, dude. Um, an axe, like, get over yourself. Use a chainsaw. Uh, and if any people from Minnesota want beef, like, let's go. Y'all got cheese up there. You got the wrong cows. The beef's down here. Anyway, uh, that's that's too many corny jokes all together. Uh, it's just been wild, man. It's been a wild few months. I know that we, um, you guys don't get to hear from me on the Mountain Man podcast as often as we used to. Uh, they episodes are a little less frequent than they used to be. I hope what I lack in quantity, I can make up for in quality. I hope my mic sounds good. I hope the content of what I'm telling you uh, has structure and depth and meaning and is worth your time to listen to. I hope you guys can take something away from every episode of this show. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm not I'm not talking about any other podcasts at all because, to be honest, guys, we as we all know, I don't listen to them. Really, I really don't listen to many podcasts. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to make a bunch of fillers and bullshit episodes and just talk about whatever to try to fill an episode quota of a weekly or whenever it's supposed to be published. Um, I'm not going to, like, promise to, like, meet something like that and then give you guys episodes that suck. You know, I want to give you guys good quality. Uh, and that's why I didn't have a lot to talk about during hunting season. Cause I was so bummed about it. I didn't want to talk about it. There was nothing to report. Hey, this week I sat in the woods seven times. I saw two deer. I didn't shoot at any of them cause they were little does and that's it. 
I was in the woods for 30 hours, you know, like I, I didn't have anything. So with the mountain man podcast, I want it to be, uh, I know it's pretty niche, but it's about life here in the mountains in the Shenandoah Valley in Appalachia. Uh, and, and from my perspective, you know, and I want to use every episode to talk to y'all to maybe educate y'all or y'all educate me. I love that. I love when that happens. Um, I love to learn. And so that's what we're here for. We're just going to talk about stuff that's like that. The, the beginning of this podcast, we used to ramble <laughs> about all types of stuff going on in Delph world. And that was a lot of fun. And I still do that. Uh, but we just stream that now on Twitch. Uh, some of you guys know that follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's the same at as it is on Twitch. It's booty banjo and you know that's uh that's a good way to sum myself up <laughs> booty banjo uh it's a cool name but anyway you know i the ramblings and the talking about all types of random stuff going on uh in the world or here or there or current events or just being an uh just really bad jokes or dark jokes we're just going to keep that over on Twitch. All the ramblings and stuff. We're going to keep that on Twitch. And this podcast is going to kind of focus on um, just, you know, more of what the name entitles, if that makes sense. So I apologize for a lack in frequency. I hope that you guys enjoy maybe some more quality, maybe appreciate the fewer uh, episodes. Um, cherish them. Just kidding, guys. I do appreciate all of you that continue to listen and support me, that have helped me launch Shenandoah Shine, that have helped me launch my streaming career. Uh, I try not to talk about streaming too much. My only update from over there is it's booming. Uh, I've seen so much growth over the last six months. Um, I was able to sign with this huge Twitch team called OutRun Esports. They're run by this big uh, iRacing streamer, Justin Botello. Uh, I got with him over the last couple months and built a relationship with him and um, you know, just to make another friend, iRacing streamer friend, and he ends up bringing me in the outrun, and it's been huge for me already. It's going to be massive. It's one of the biggest groups of the iRacing streamers. So it really helps me get on the map so a lot of people can find me that uh, don't know me. So that's huge for me, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's really cool. I know it might not make sense to a lot of people, especially that don't understand Twitch, um, especially those that don't get iRacing or anything. Um, but it's fun. Uh, it's fun. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll talk a little bit less NASCAR in here. We used to talk a lot of NASCAR on here. I've been flirting. Let, let's let's tease some of this. Let's talk about this, just so you guys know. If, if For the, the five people out there that just want a Delph podcast to listen to, um, I have some stuff to tease. I have flirted with a NASCAR podcast in the past. I've never jumped on it because I obviously don't have as much time to put into this one. Now, there's more content to go into a NASCAR podcast, of course. This one, like we just mentioned, is going to be more quality. Um, but it's been suggested to me by a close friend, content friend that a lot of you guys know. Uh, he has a really good kind of NASCAR-related idea for a podcast, a little short one. I'm going to be I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I have no promises, but there might be a new short pod for me, just a short series with a, a start and an end that we might do. Um, 
and I will keep y'all updated about that. Keep up with me on Twitter at Booty Banjo for that one. Uh, I'm. We'll see. <laughs> I'm. I think we'll. I think we'll do it. I. I need to find a. a the right co-host. Um. But yeah, NASCAR is fun. I love NASCAR, so we won't talk about that too much on here. Unless it's something that pertains to what we're doing. I feel like we've talked about the Daytona 500 every single February on this podcast for Daytona Week. Uh, we're a little late this year. We didn't record for Daytona Week. NASCAR season's off to a good start, though. I love it. Chase Elliott won the championship. That's happened since we last talked. That was awesome. Uh, I was super pumped for that. No, racing's awesome. It's been awesome for me. Uh, the Shenandoah Shine brand that I started, we're sponsoring actual race cars now. Like both in iRacing and in real life. We're going to be sponsoring a, a this kid, Bradley Wilson, out of Virginia. He's really good. Um, really excited for that. Life's been good, y'all. It's been great. So um, I wanted to start off, if you guys are still listening, we're going to do a couple more episodes. So thank you for making it this much, uh, this way, this far in. I can't speak. Thank you for listening past 30 minutes. We're going to do some more episodes because, uh, you know, I feel like I owe you all some stuff. So we're going to have a couple more coming out. And I'm really going to hold on to these and just kind of drop them all together in a schedule. So um, I'm very excited uh, for the future and for I'm very thankful for everything that's been happening. And I'm thankful for you all. Uh, we are going to try to be recording with some guests that we've had on here before and maybe a couple new ones. Get some episodes out with them. And some episodes out about a couple other topics that we have on our radar and get these episodes out to you guys. Thank you guys for supporting always. Thank you guys for being real ones. And uh, have a good rest of the day, week, month, whatever you got going on. Have a good one. And I will holler at y'all later.